What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. The Ins and Outs Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to performer, casting consultant, and book author, Graham Pickering. In this episode, Graham tells us about his experience on cruise ships. We talk about different cruise ships and what some of them are like, how some can be great and some some not so great, I guess. Uh, we also talk about his position as a casting consultant. We talk about some audition tips and tricks. And we talk about his book, 50 Tips Audition Success. I had a great time talking to Graham. Make sure you go and get his book. You can get it on Amazon. I literally ordered mine as soon as the episode finished. Um, and it is due in about three days, maybe two days. Nope, two days. It's Thursday and it's due on Saturday. So it'll be here very, very quick from Amazon. So go and get yours now. Uh, also, if you would like to purchase a new Ins and Outs podcast t-shirt, please let me know. They're £15 per t-shirt plus postage. Uh, which should be about two, three pounds. I'm not too sure. Depends where you are, but I'll let you know. Uh, if you would like one, please holler. Look fresh, look flat, look funky for all your classes or wherever you like to go. Um, one love. Here is Graham Pickering. Boom, and we're in. Hello, my friend. How you doing, Kane? All right. I'm very good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time on this wonderful, I think it's a Thursday, morning <laughs> to come and talk to me yeah. I feel like I'm at that place where I still don't really know what day it is no what, it all blends into one yeah even though like now I'm back to work and stuff like I don't know because it's not my normal life it's just I know, I, and if you're anything like me like I think the time even when I'm not doing much it seems to have gone really fast this year so it just feels like every day is blowing even though you know it's been an odd year the time has gone weirdly quick and it's just Strange. so quick like it's almost halloween i know it's mental like i keep seeing christmas decorations and stuff places yeah. and i'm like wait what i haven't even yeah. done anything yet like nothing nothing has happened this year well lots has happened but nothing exciting has happened this year yet like where's it gone it's just flown by exactly i know it's it's, it's a little bit bit worrying really to think god can you think like this is what every year was like oh. time goes like blink for yeah. night yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be great for my bank account, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be good for my, for my finances. Um, <laughs> so uh, you are a dancer, a performer, um, and also a 
casting director or casting mm-hmm. consultant, yeah. am I correct? That's right. And a book author, which we will get to. Um, I would like to know a bit about your journey and how you became became a performer and how you got into performing. What yeah. led you to that? Well, um, I always loved theatre and amateur dramatics, things like that, school. So I used to do all that in the evenings and everything. And then when I got to a stage where it was like, well, what are you doing when you leave school? Um, at the time I had other options as well, but I had a drama teacher that was like, you know what, you should really go and do theatre. I think you should at least try and see what happens. I don't think, mm. you know, you can't get me years back, so just go. So I auditioned at colleges and then I went and did like, you know, like a, a very traditional path of go to do a three-year course. And then from there auditioned and did all different variety of jobs and things. Yeah. Um, but my path into what I do now is um, I've done quite a chunk of time on different cruise line companies i would bounce between different companies and things and mm-hmm. travel the world and stuff and i was at a stage where i didn't really want to do that anymore not because i didn't like it just i was ready to explore a different avenue and for me i always loved being creative and that was actually more my passion than performing even at the start just i mm-hmm. know i love performing as well but i really loved the other side of things but it, I don't know, again, everyone has different routes into things, but I feel as though you could do with doing some performing experience to become a good, like, creative, just to understand how the business yeah. works. But everyone's different routes, so I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but that's what I felt. I definitely so, think it helps. Definitely, because you understand and you meet people as well, and this business is all about knowing people and making relationships and, yeah. you know, building on those relationships. So, anyway, I... I wanted to do something, but I didn't really know what it was going to be. And then uh, I was fortunate that an opportunity did open with a cruise company that I used to work for, that I still work for now, but in more of a casting role. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that was really fortunate in that sense of things for that side. Um, and there was other opportunities coming along. I wrote to a lot of different people I um, knew of or had links with just expressing my uh, interest in what I want to do in the future. Like I would love to, if there's any choreography opportunities or an assistant of some type, please keep me in mind. That's what I want to do. And I think it's really important to put out there what your ambitions and goals are to people because if people don't know they're not going to think oh great I'll, I'll call Graham for that because they'll just think I was maybe wanting to go and perform and okay. so I think that's a really important bit of advice I think if you want something whether it be performing or creative or anything along the line whether it's more of like a I don't know an artistic um, mm-hmm. role you've just got to put it out there one in the universe but also into people you've met and just say hey like this is maybe the next five years I want to push on and try and be involved as a choreographer or as a director or whatever it might be. And you never know, those, those uh, seeds that are planted may, may grow at some point. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Like, if you don't tell people, then how, how are they ever going to go, oh, I should think of that person for this project? Or Exactly. No, it's a great shout. When you were performing and you were travelling around on cruises, what was that like? Did you enjoy it? Did you get homesick? Were you just living your best life visiting all these countries because i always hear lots of obviously very different opinions about people who go away on cruises some people are like i had the best time ever and some people have a nightmare time and i guess that's down to maybe that particular job or that particular person um and they get like that kind of cabin fever like where they're like i feel like i'm trapped in a cabin because obviously four walls what was your experience like um i did multiple contracts over four different cruise line companies so i had quite different experiences in every single one of them i did overall i would say i had the best time and some of my contracts were absolutely amazing they were like you know 
mm. living on a TV show, having the best time. So, you know, yeah. so sunbathing all day, drinking in the evening, like doing the odd show here and there. Like it was, it was like <laughs> a constant party and they were amazing. And we had some awesome casts and I loved some of the companies I worked for were very international casts. So they'd like say four Americans, four Australians, like a few Brits. Oh, cool. And I really loved that because that for me really opened my eyes to... I don't know, the, the art form, like, you know, people in America train very different to what we do. And yeah, that's, so I think different cultures um, of it. Totally. And I really, I really enjoyed that personally. Uh, I had some contracts that were not so great. Um, they were all in different lengths as well. I've done a contract that's been the length of four weeks. and I've done a contract that's been need 11 months. So I need a four weeks one. Yeah. There's very different um, contracts I've done. So I think um, it's not for everybody, but I would totally recommend doing it if it's in you to go you know what I'd love to travel and see what it's like because the shows are getting better and better and better on all these companies now you know on Celebrity who I work for now we've got some of the best choreographers in the world doing shows Mm -hmm. that work with big superstars and they're now doing cruise ship shows so I think it's a great opportunity to do that you see so many places you could have the best cast in the world that you make friends for life Mm -hmm. um you know, it's like anything. It's the same as at any show. You know, you could say, well, I hated that, that tour. Well, you hate it maybe because the cast wasn't very much of a yeah. bond or they weren't your kind of people. Or it might have been that, you know, there was just a lot of injury in the cast and it made more work because of it. Or there's all different factors that can that can um, knock on a, a contract, whether it be on a cruise ship or on a land-based show, whether whatever it is. So I think, uh, or you didn't get on with the choreographer, so therefore you didn't have a good time in rehearsals or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... I would definitely, if it's in you to be interested in doing it, I would do it. I, you can also save a lot of money by doing it if you do it right. That's um, right. <laughs> and well, I, I bought a house off cruise ship money, so it, yeah. it is it is possible. And I think it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it is what it is, you know. And I just think I look back now and think, God, like in my twenties, I saw so many places that in the world that I still wouldn't have seen now if I hadn't done that that career. And yeah. I. Yeah, and at the time, maybe I didn't think like that. Maybe I was like, oh, yeah, I'm having a nice day in Sydney. Yeah, I'm having a nice day in Rio. And I just, um, I knew I was thankful of that at the time. But looking back now, I go, God, who at the age of like, you know, I'm about 10, 33, who, who at that age has managed to see all these places and save the money to then buy a house? You just don't. So I just think it's, it's what you want to do and it's where you want your career to go. But it's definitely something that's worth exploring, I would say. Yeah, my uncle was a my uncle and my auntie were both croupiers on yeah. the cruise ships for a very long time, and they always used to go. The dancers have the best life. They're like their their times are better than everyone else's on the ship. Like, and I was always like, really? I was like, they have the best life, and he was like, yes. He's like, they they have they get a, on their I think they were with Princess, yeah. Um, and he was like, they literally have the most fun. They work the best hours. They get the best docking times and stuff like that. Well, for us, um, it, it varies from company to company. And even the companies I worked for, it was different on every one. But generally, uh, I do think that the entertainment team, in terms of like, the, the dancers and the singers, do have a pretty nice life on there overall. Um, yeah, like some companies, the job is just the shows. And then obviously doing like safety drill, which you have to do because it's if it was sinking, I think you'd want to know how to get off the ship anyway. Of course. Um, so apart from that, and... Yeah, and you're off in the day, which is the best time because that's when you're in port. So you can go out and have a nice day and see the sights and whatever. You know, some jobs on there need to be on board in the day still. You know, if you're maybe housekeeping or bar staff, you need to be still on the bar in the daytime. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something I would totally recommend. I, I know I still involve working in that way. Excuse me. Um, but I 
I still, even if I didn't work for a cruise company, I would still be saying, you know what, and particularly for those like maybe graduates that are just finishing and looking for some work and to, because for me, it's a continuation of training as well. Like the amount of styles of dance you do, if you add up the content, there's a lot of content on a ship. Yeah. You do maybe between three to eight shows that are nearly an hour long. So that's a lot of choreography to learn. And it won't all just be your style. There'll be things where there'll be like a, I don't know, a tango in the middle of it. And you have to... Yeah. And it's like, oh, have you ever done this before? No. Oh, well, learn fast. It's that yeah, kind of mentality. I guess instead of just doing like uh, Mamma Mia, where you do yeah. the same track every night. Exactly. Like there's you have lot. multiple different tracks. Yeah. What about, so, you know, when there's, um when they put like cats on a cruise ship, I don't know if they've ever done cats, I'm just using that yeah. as an example. Yeah. When they put like a musical on a cruise ship, do they only do that one show or do they have multiple different ones? Um. All those type of contracts are slightly different. Um, most of them will do other shows because um, a lot of those type of um, shows are on Royal Caribbean or Norwegian Cruise Line. Um, they'll do like another show, another couple of shows. Um, but there is exceptions. A few people are just hired for a particular show. But I think generally as a cast member, as a dancer, you mm. will be doing other shows as well as the show if that makes sense yeah because one of my um mates that i used to teach at wilkes he got we will rock you on a cruise ship and i was like that's amazing and i was like so did they do the same show every night do people watch we will rock you every night as entertainment you know like and i didn't know no, they'll, they'll yeah they they're all slightly different but he will have there been other shows coupled with that you know uh, well i think another thing with ships as well is you can learn new skills that you'd never think you'd get the chance to do and be paid to do them so that's free to learn it and be paid like so at celebrity they are really into the aerial work they absolutely love it like all the shows there's something in it with aerial and mm-hmm. yes they do have specialty acts that are absolutely amazing like Cirque du Soleil ex-performers that are now doing on there and doing amazing work mm. but with it they also want dancers around them on hoops or on silks or whatever they're doing so um they have like a crash course in learning that in these amazing studios in Miami that I think their skills that you would maybe have to spend a lot of money to do in London or wherever you're doing it. Yeah. And maybe never really get to the level you'd get to because this is like a crash course to get you that level. And like, and celebrity, there's a show called Euphoria that's a total aerial-based show. Um, yeah. And that's all the dancers are in it and everything. And I think yeah. it's amazing to learn those skills and be paid, you know. It's like if you can oh. get a job that's like teaching you something new as well as doing what you're doing, I think you're winning because then yeah. you're continuing to grow. Yeah, I always say that about Starlight Express. I'm like, yeah. you know, if you get the opportunity to do it, I'm like, you're going to leave there like a master on skates. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You're going to be paid to come away with something that then you can teach and make money off. Yeah, like, and you don't know where that might even lead either. It might, yeah, it might go to something else in, in the future. So you've got like a niche skill then, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. So when you got into the role you're in now for Celebrity as mm-hmm. part of the uh, the casting consultant yeah. team, what does that what does that job mean? Like, what what's your okay, role? So, so over at Celebrity, they have uh, two main casting directors who are amazing, um, and I love them to pieces. And they are based in Miami, mm-hmm. um, and my role is to work with them and to basically they are in a way kind of like kind of like outsourcing their casting. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just too much to manage when you have a worldwide casting. They they can't be everywhere doing everything. Um, so I generally manage all of the UK, um, but I, I also spill into Europe and other venues as well mm-hmm. um, and just run all their castings for them. Do, you know, sometimes they'll fly over and be with me. Sometimes they can't be there, so I'll be on my own. Um, but I work with them, do basically do 
the whole process from you know if you send an email to um be interested in auditioning that's the first stage and i deal with all that through to setting their appointments through to sorting out the audition spaces through to running the actual audition through to then selection process to putting the cast together and then we do it all over again and repeat 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 it's just right now we're not doing that because yeah. of, you know situation we're in but that is that's the role i love it i think it's um it's really helped me grow as um as a creative but also as a teacher as well it's made me really see from another side of things I think no matter how much as a teacher I am in a room thinking I can see what the students are doing wrong when you're actually sat watching them in a completely new environment I've had students that I have taught for ages and they've done amazingly well and they go to an audition that I'm in and it's just all falls to pieces I think well what do I need to do as a teacher to find um find their potential that allows them to get through an audition and not let them crumble or not let them not be able to do the most simplest thing. You know, they've, they've done amazing things in my class and then they just have to do step, step, do a pirouette and it all goes wrong. And I just think, how how is that possible? And it's kind of like learning that psychology and that mentality of auditions. It's not just about your talent. It's a lot more than that. And I think like the role I do for celebrity and for other companies I work for in them type of positions has really helped me grow in that in that way and to really try and embody everything I'm finding within those mm. situations that are going to get people work and bring it into my class to try and get them to where they need to be. Yeah. So then you're offering more than just this is how to be a good dancer. You're going, look, these are the scenarios that I see when I see people auditioning and this is how we can overcome it and don't let this happen. And I guess you can figure out ways to coach them because yeah. it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Because I feel like if people have the skills to to do something in the classroom, they have those skills to do it anywhere. It's just yeah. a mindset thing of how how to engage, I guess, your flow state. <laughs> you yeah, know? and and I think you know it's it's when you dance, it's just like training muscles because you're doing it over and over again. Yes, certain people have you know more rhythm in them and more musicality that's natural, so they're maybe more flair to it. Some people have more of a facility that you know allows them to do more things but generally you if you do it something enough times and long enough you can eventually do it like so if I was with someone for like five years every single day doing a pirouette we would finally probably get there and do a double pirouette how they execute it might be all different but we will be able to actually do the step and I think um and that's what I really try and embody in my training that it's not just about doing something a million times because yes that is going to get the step but it's actually putting those real life scenarios in place and to understand um they the amount of dancers that i have either worked with or hired audition that are not the best at all like if you actually strip them right back and watch but they've got something about them and they mm. are owning the space and they know how to audition and i think that's a really really important key fact that yeah um, I really try and say that auditioning, class and performing, they're all three different skills. Mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah. auditioning isn't the same as taking class and it's not as the same as performing. There are different skills that go into it and different ways to be seen and stuff like that, which I'd love to get into in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, when now you're the other side of the table and you're doing the selecting and stuff, do you feel like a pressure? Do you feel pressure to like keep everyone happy or do you ever feel like the guilt of having to cut someone, especially if you know them? um yes and I I did it, it yeah I feel the pressure in multiple ways that's one way I feel the pressure also with 
of if we don't find who we want on the day, it's just cost a lot of money for nothing, you know. And it, you know, the yeah, I never thought always, of that. <laughs> I think the answer is always well, you'll be able to find people. There's always people wanting jobs, and I think yes, there is. There's a million dancers out there wanting a job, but I think when you work in casting, you understand more so than ever. It's it's a total jigsaw, and you know, there's a million dancers that might be absolutely great and they can do the steps, but they're not quite right for that for that jigsaw. Like that piece doesn't totally quite fit, and I think you know, as a performer, I always say, never beat yourself up if you don't get it, because it's often on a million other things than just that. It's just that, you know, they've already got the girls cast, and now they need some boys, and those girls are super tall, and the the look of the show needs, like, a, a, a nice curve, because that's the style of it. It might be a show that's really eclectic, you can have anybody, you know, but yeah. there's so many factors that go into casting something, and I think, um, and yeah, and there's, like, I was casting with a choreographer for a big show like last year and there was so many great dancers in the room but not many of them were quite right for exactly what that show mm. was for and then you know I feel the pressure in terms of well that's my role to find these people you know and it's kind of like well where are these people so I think um there's more to it than like meets the eye I think to, and when I used to be a dancer, I kind of really got that. I was kind of like being in a room and thinking to myself, well, one of these people in this room are going to get the job. And I think it's not always a case of just that, well, someone here is going to get it. If you weren't here, you're not going to get it. Because I think there might be multiple auditions, there might be multiple days, who knows. But I think also the pressure of, yeah, I've had a lot of students audition for me who are my ex-students are now in the room. And I, I, I think I'm quite good at differentiating between the two. And, you mm. know, I love those students, but I never prioritize them in a room I don't think that's fair and I also don't feel as though that students if they got the job I don't feel they're going to feel the same reward of oh my god I got the job if it was just because they danced with me once upon a time in a classroom yeah like, there so has true. been students that have had jobs and been successful in castings I've been in but not because them they've been ex-students of mine and I think that'd be really unprofessional to me anyway if that was the case but I think also because those students understand my logic of that it makes like I say the reward of getting it even bigger like oh my god I did it and I I'm so proud of myself and I think that's something that we I think you can never get that feeling back like I think that's mm. really special that you know oh my god I've worked for three years I've auditioned now for yeah. the last year and I finally got the job I really wanted and I'm really excited for the next year's contract whatever you're doing um but yeah and, and I have had like I don't know I've had a few people in the past where you know it's like an ex-student and you know they came I think they thought they were going to get straight through and they've maybe been cut and then you know they've got another company you know and then sent me a, quite a bit of like a snotty message like well just let you know I got booked by whoever and I'm like great I am so happy for you that yeah. is exactly what I want to happen it just you weren't quite right for this casting and I think that's what they need to understand like yeah I'm, you were five I'm, seven and then you did six foot like <laughs> yeah but I also I and also it's the style of the dance. Like now it's celebrity, our casting types, I would say it's quite niche because the shows have gone very commercial, very um, lyrical contemporary as well. It's more in that realm. So someone's maybe a traditional jazz dancer um, who is normally my thing and I absolutely love that, but would be perfect for so many other things. But right now we do have that Broadway element on our ships, but they are definitely changing the direction and focus of the way the shows are going. So a lot of people that, I've taught maybe aren't totally right for that contract, but be absolutely perfect for something else. And I think, um, but I think that kind of comes in time when you've worked in the business for a while, you start to realize, you know, sometimes people that are amazing just didn't get it. And it's because they just weren't quite right for that role. So yeah, that's what I tell myself every time. 
<laughs> I always go, I'm That's amazing. I just wasn't quite right for that role. <laughs> um, no, it's super interesting. I think it's great for people to hear. Because um, I feel like, do you know, I wish that at the end of every audition, when you get cut, sometimes I wish they would tell you why. Know. You know, because it'd be something nice about that. And if I feel like if they just went, you just weren't good enough. There's something nice about that. That doesn't need to be a negative. You can take that as be like, okay, cool. That means I need to work on this specific part of the audition because I didn't show my true potential or I'm not where it needs to be yet. But I think a lot of time because at auditions, we just get, yes, no, thank you very much. Please stay. You leave there going, wondering all the millions of different reasons and you make up all these different reasons of why it could not be. So even if it's not even to do with, you just don't, you know, you don't fit the brief or you don't fit the cast. Even if it's, you know, your tango wasn't strong enough or like, I don't know, your commercial wasn't strong enough. It'd be good to know that because then you know what tools you need to refine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think a, a secret from like behind the table for people, if they want to know is I have rarely done an audition where people can't do the choreography. Nearly, you know, out of a hundred people, like 95 of them can do the choreography absolutely exactly right. You know, and mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Like people can do the choreography. Yes, there's the odd person that goes blank when they go to, to perform it because that's just human nature and that's just normal. And it's, it's more than forgivable because that just happens, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, um, everyone can do it. So like, people can't get, oh, I'm obviously not good enough. It's not necessarily that anytime. Like I'm, I would say I'm generally quite good with feedback. Like I, sometimes I have spent like, hours and hours replying to emails and I, I can't always do that if I'm going bang onto another job I just haven't got the time but if I have yeah. got the time I will try and reply to people and like get back to them and like my general feedback a lot of the time is you did a great job and it really is that and I'm not just like patronizing you and I'm not just being you know well done like good job yeah. it's not it's not that it's that you actually did do really well it just wasn't quite right and I think try again come back again if you're looking for work in another six months time come back again and you know I think the biggest feedback is bring yourself, bring you. I think that's really important. I think so many people just try and think about what they think you want rather than actually what they offer. I think as a performer, you are your own brand and, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I want. It's like I try and compare it to real life scenarios in terms of things like Calvin Klein boxer shorts. They are what they are. That's the yeah. look that's been like that for years. If you want that style of boxer shorts, you'll go there. If you don't, you'll go somewhere else. And it doesn't matter. They, they aren't trying to fit other people's brand. That is their brand. And that's what it is. And if you don't want it, it's okay. And I think that's what you have to think about as yourself, that you are your own brand and your own product. And mm. if that product wasn't needed today, that's okay. But it will be somewhere else. I think when you try and just fit in and try and do what that you want them to do it means that you never really show who you are and show your personality and I think like look if you're going for something like a cruise ship or maybe like a music video or something that hasn't got a direct narrative something that like on cruise ships there is um some of our shows do actually have narrative but you don't know that other dish and you're just auditioning yeah. to be a dancer and yeah. I think if you're going for anything like there isn't directly a book show. Like if you're going for something that you know you've seen on the West End a million times, it's a different story. But if you're then going you're, for those... you have to fit the specific role. Yeah. If you're going for these just like dancers and it's just open, be yourself, bring your personality because that's what they're going to want. They're going to want you to be the person rather than you being someone else at that moment in time. So they just want to yeah. see you and show your fun. And I think um, 
you've got to remember your audition is your interview like as a dancer like you don't interview you audition so that is what it is and I think if you're auditioning so if you're interviewing to be working at the bank they'd say like oh so what are your best qualities like well, I'm really good at counting I'm really mm. good at being on time I'm really good at whatever <laughs> and then you sell yourself verbally and about what you do and in um in a dance call, you don't get that chance unless you're spoken to at some point. You don't start telling them your great qualities. Um, so show your great, great qualities through your performance and through showing who you are because your best quality is yourself. So mm-hmm. use it. That's very, very good advice. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> As opposed to being a half-assed version of someone else that you think they want. Exactly. Um, so I want to talk a bit about your book. Yeah. So I was very fascinated when I saw that you have a, a book um, and would you please tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so my book is called 50 Tips Audition Success. So it's exactly kind of that. So it's 50 tips um, that are designed to help you with your auditions and to allow you to get the most success out of your audition. And that's from whether it's before the audition to your preparation through to action on the day into going into the room into following up and then also how to maintain yourself and promote yourself and all things like that as well further on from that so it's um the book's just um an observation I would say of things that I have seen and I felt um for about a couple of years before I wrote it I felt there was loads of things I had seen that kept happening I thought god I really wish I could say this and then I I did put a few bits on social media, just like say like nice little tips and things that people seem to enjoy and said were helpful. And I just thought, you know what? I feel as though I'd like to write this down. If someone wants to read it, it's there as a resource. Someone doesn't, they don't have to. Um, But rather than me like preaching at all about something, it's there and it's a resource. And it's, it's just for my eyes, you know, maybe someone else might think differently, but I think it's, it's little things like it goes through about, you know, your promotion material. So your headshots, CVs, showreels, how mm-hmm. how I think they should, they should come across as someone that's seeing it for a first hand. When you're seeing, say, 500 showreels back to back, how is your show going to be one that's going to be played all the way through and remembered and stand out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Remembering that your headshots are your window display. So, you know, they need to be the best of you, but also like the product it is. Like there is no point, you know, if I was walking past next and they had these really cool jumpers in the window that I absolutely loved and I went and there's nothing like that in the store, then I'm going to be really disappointed because that is not the product I thought I was walking into. Um, or I wouldn't walk past a shop that's got like bin bags all in the window and then yeah. you go inside, it's absolutely fabulous, you know. So you've got to you've got to find the true essence of who you are and that's what people are going to see first. So make sure you're doing all of that. Make sure you're, you know, everything you're doing, all that type of things, self-tapes, you've got to be on it, you know, take your time to do those, make sure they're right. That is what's going to sell your product. And then things like when you're arriving into, so wherever it's London or wherever your audition's at, you know, remembering that as soon as you wake up that day, you're really in audition mode, you know? So I wouldn't be walking around you know, Covent Garden, slagging off a million people and doing things you shouldn't be doing. Cause you never know, you might be sat next to the person that's going to be casting you and you could be yeah. sacking them off you know so I just think it's being aware of those things like that once you're in the building like all those people in the building you know are in a way auditioning you like you know the person cleaning the stairs you know then they, okay they might work for the studio and they're nothing to do with the, you know the audition but if you're really rude to them they, they might knock on the door and go that guy's about to come into you is an absolute idiot you know and then mm. you're not going to give yourself a good start for your day and then how to be in the room stop um I'm trying to encourage people to stop second guessing themselves and just be themselves and just just go with the flow of the day you know if you 
like nerves are nerves and it's human nature to be nervous so you're never going to be able to overcome nerves if you're a nervous person I think you know it's good to have some nerves anyway but I think it's how you channel those nerves and how you use them to your advantage and um and yeah and then all about going on further about your networking and your social media Mm -hmm. and stuff as well so I would say it's just a complete audition um manual if you want to call it a bible of auditions that's just um hope designed to help people and also to just calm their nerves and to try and allow them to get the best out of their day yeah you came up with this book when you came up with the idea of it were you already in the position of a casting consultant so you were already running auditions and stuff. i've done it for a few years yeah so you really had an understanding of like what you like what you don't like what you see is right and wrong yeah yeah and I just like I said it was just if I just felt like I had something I wanted to say but without being preachy or like now listen to me this is what I think like it's it's not that at all and like I'm sure you know someone else would have other other ideas as well because that's you know it's we work preference yeah and and when we work in art so it's it's opinion based you know and it Mm. should be like that but I think um yeah and like I'm I'm super grateful of the success of the book. I'm really like thankful for people reading it and, you know, and the feedback has generally been really great. So um, that makes me really proud and I'm really happy it's helped people. But I hope, um, and like, it's actually designed, like it's not just for graduates, it's not just for students, it's, it's, it's for everybody. It's, it's that kind of refresher as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we go through, I think people that get onto shows as well, you know, you go on a show or a job and you're, away for a year doing that and you don't audition for a year because you don't have to mm. and then but you've been in a job so you, you're like you know you're fit and whatever and you've been busy but then you go to audition it's like oh my goodness I've got to audition again like yeah. you kind of get out of the knack of doing it it becomes like kind of like a technique in itself yeah that it's kind of there like to go oh I'll just brush up as well you know it's it's funny a friend of mine is a vocal coach and uh, she's got the book and she, she's really successful and um she rang me about it a few months ago now about it and was talking about it and she said um what I love about it is it's great for like on the toilet which is that a compliment or not but no it is I I get what she means she's like you just leave it there you said you read the whole book and then once you've read the book you leave it by the toilet and then every time you use the toilet you read another chapter because the chapters are only like a page or two pages long they're really short um and she said you just like refresh yourself and I thought you know what that's a really really good idea so I'm gonna advertise it as a toilet book there you go no I, I I think that's actually brilliant (laughs) <laughs> it's like so oh, just let me just like you know refresh myself on some ideas exactly because so. um, it i like it because i really i think i'm good at auditioning i always think that's a strong point i never let really the nerves not anymore at the beginning when auditioning was new and i wasn't very good at it but the more i did it i feel like the more comfortable i got and i learned my little habits and how to utilize them and learn where i thrive and where i don't mm-hmm. you know and just little things of like standing in the room and that's something that I feel like you can't even practice it. You know what I mean? Because even when you do a, a college, say you do a mock audition, it's not the same because you know everyone around you. You already know where you stand in that environment. You already know if you're the person who's the top of the, this class or if I'm the best at commercial and it's a commercial one, I already know my position in the room, you know? Like you already have that thing. So doing it as a mock as fantastic as it is it's never a real life experience Absolutely you know not. and it's never that real life nerve yeah. I know. <laughs> there's something about it like I really used to find little tips and I'd like I'd figure out where to stand in the room or I'd figure out to stand by who who I look good by mm-hmm. you know so I'd always be like right I'm not going to stand by the by the six footers in the room 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm five foot eight, pale and ginger. I'm going to stand by someone who's probably quite castable like me. Mm-hmm. So they'll go, oh, those two look good together. Yeah. You know, like little things like that, which I yeah. guess I was never told. I just figured out because mm-hmm. I'd always be stood next to like a guy called Jay Ravel, who's like six foot dark and handsome. And I'd be like, probably not going to be my opposite. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, done, done a recent show for Celebrity. Has he? Yeah. Um, but no, the it's true. I agree. It is like that. And I think... I tried, to, I know, I would never go, go against a college's idea, but I think um, I try and encourage students in their third years to be going to auditions, even if not to then leave college early, because I, I know um, I am in the understanding, you know, you, you want to finish your training, you don't want to quit your training, sure, but you, it's an experience that as much as you try and do it in-house, it's different when you're in, in the room, you know, and... Mm. It's those people that I've done audition technique classes in house at places, and students do great, and then they come in the room and they just it all goes wrong on that yeah, day. And I just think it's safe space. Yeah, exactly. They're used, they're used to dancing in that environment, and again, it's it's a step towards. It's better than not doing it at all. It's a step in the right direction, but I don't feel like there's a way to replicate that actual feeling, especially of that feeling of the job that you're auditioning for that you really want. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And also that feeling of turning up and there's people there that you know and you go, oh God, that's so-and-so, so-and-so that, you know, I've always, you know, admired, admired them. Yeah. yeah. And they're there. Like, that happens. Yeah, but that, that is, that's the business. So, but no, I just think generally everybody goes through a different journey in this business. And, um, you know, I, even like I, I listen to your podcast, I've heard loads of your episodes, so I know your journey. And I think, um, you know, it's very different to how my journey was. And I think, but the, what the what the thing is that brings it all together is that if you're going for performing jobs there will be auditions along the way and I think however you've got to that stage doesn't matter I think it's kind of then putting all your skills however you've learned them whether that be through a three-year course whether that's through going and training abroad somewhere whether that is home training whatever it might be it's then finding everything coming together so that you can do your best and show who you are in an audition room. And I think um, I would hope this um, this audition book is a good guide to people. And like I say, a refresher for those that have been around for however long. Yeah. Could you give us uh, like, th- I guess, three bits of advice for someone prepared, like going into an audition room? Um, first one, preparation. That is so, so important. Like there's no such thing as being lucky, you know, um, Luck is when preparation meets opportunity, that's the saying. Nice. You know, so if you're prepared and the opportunity is there, you'll be lucky. Um, mm. But if you haven't prepared or there's no opportunity, then it can't become luck. Um, so that's the main thing. And preparation is not just getting your headshot and CV or whatever. It's, it's everything. It's thinking about what do I need to take to audition with me? Is there something I need to learn? Am I in peak condition? Am I fit? Am I, that, that's all preparation. Like, you know, if you, if you haven't been working out and, you know, got good stamina, how are you going to get through like a nine hour audition call? If it does go on that long, you don't know. It might be a really short one, but it might be one that goes on all day long or mm. a week long worth of casting. You don't know. So you've got to be on it. Um, so that's the first one, preparation. I think the second one is always being yourself I've already touched on that but just be yourself bring your a-game bring your personality um show why one you're right for the role but two why people want to work with you you know this is like I say the interview like why is someone going to want to enjoy working with you for say a four-week rehearsal period and then a year's tour whatever it might be what what are you bringing to that room are you are you you know do you come across a bit 
bit rude is that someone is that mm. someone someone's going to work with I don't think it is if you're coming across that you're really funny you're coming across that you're really engaging and you know um interested in learning more you know they're all things that I would say are qualities that people are going to want want to see because that's going to make you be desirable to get the job so being yourself and I think the last one I think is remember why you started remember mm-hmm. what why you started that journey that day might be really rubbish that you didn't get your the dream job you wanted that day but why did all this begin was it that you were three years old in a ballet class and you like oh my god I loved going when I was a kid or is it that you got to 16 and never done dance step in your life and then you actually fell in love with some famous pop star Jason Derulo or something oh my god I want to be like him and then and then you've trained for that or is it that you I don't know there's a million different reasons why Mm. people get into this but I can guarantee they all started from a positive thought so they all started from oh my god I love you know whatever it is or I love that song and I think auditions sometimes and the industry full stop when you get out there can jade that thought and you can start going if, if, if you aren't getting the jobs you were wanting to get or you're not doing as well in classes that you thought you might want to get into um you're gonna start becoming a little bit negative to yourself and beating yourself up and I think you have to turn that around and say okay I didn't get what I wanted because I'm just not there yet I need to Mm. go and do a few more lessons or I am there I'm just maybe something's not working for me maybe I'm kind of wearing the wrong thing or maybe I've just given the wrong energy off or maybe I or whatever there's loads of different things it could be so but I think if you remember why you started even when you've had a duff day or a duff month you're gonna you know go you know what I am determined for this to to happen and I think that will drive you through so I think that's really important to remember yeah I agree I like that you say it all comes from a it all started in a positive place because you know we we as performers I'm, I'm sure it happens in other professions too but not as many as ours you know we spend all this time working on our passion to make this as a career and then you know it's not like when you become a banker you don't audition every week or every six months for a new job very often, you know, whereas in our profession, we put everything, our heart and our soul on the line for in front of a room of maybe a hundred people for five people to pick it apart and tell us whether we're good or bad or decide our future. And it's more than just a, a job to us, you know, because we're not just going, am I right for the job? You're going, is my 10 years worth of hard work and effort good enough? Mm-hmm. So it's really hard not to take it personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, yeah. like you said, we have to figure, we have to sometimes realize that it's not always because of a talent. You, maybe it's a height thing or there's other ways it doesn't fit in. But to try and keep that positive mindset when you do it, because I feel like you need to be your own biggest cheerleader. Lisa Spencer said that to me once. Like, you need to be your own biggest cheerleader because there's no one cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially when you're at an audition I mean the panel are on your side they want you to be good mm-hmm. but at the same time you have to be the one to go like I'll always be like come on Ginge you got this pull it together <laughs> like do you know what I mean like and if I get something wrong I'm like come on Ginge get your shit together I don't beat myself up I, I kind of coach myself yeah. you know and I try and give it like a positive thing instead of going oh why am I the shit one why am I the one that can't get this step you know because then straight away you're putting a downer on yourself or even when you take class like I took Ricky Jinx's class on Monday at Wilkes. And I mean, I took class with the third years. Like I'm professional. Do you know I mean I've been doing it? I'm 30. I'm dancing with 18 year olds. And I like that they got to see me struggle and they yeah. got to see me make mistakes. And instead of being like, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, well, of course you can't. You haven't taken this kind of class in 10 years. Like, of course you're not going to be able to do it. You haven't practiced it in a long time. So, you know, coached myself through. 
Yeah. And like, come on, Ginge, do it again. Figure it out, you know, and make it a positive experience. Absolutely. And I left, left the room like that was amazing. Like yeah. I had the best time and I'm going to do it again next week because yeah. it was a nice crap scenario, if that yeah. makes sense. No, I completely agree with you. And I think it is. It's, it is really hard to always be positive. Like I'm not going to be one of these preachers. It's like, just be positive. Like, oh, you know, dude, because, I'm, I'm not that person either, but yeah, I really try it, now. <laughs> I would say I'm genuinely, I'm quite a positive person, but... You know, I have times when I'm not. And I think that's only normal to be like that. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, the one of the people that's just like, God, life's amazing. Like, you've got to, you know, all be positive and don't be negative. And, and if you're negative, just cancel it. And like, like that that's not real life. So I'm not I'm not going to be that person. But I do think positivity is important within your journey it yeah. doesn't positive doesn't mean also that you're there yet like you know when you talk about ricky's class like ricky's class is great i love all his work i swear i see instagram and stuff but it's it's intricate it's quick it's it you know it's difficult and i think if you're haven't done it for a while you're not going to get it straight away you know of it's course. kind of like a knack but if you've if you've took a step further forward that day or in that then class, it's a win it's, it's a win exactly so you've just got to keep in that mentality and stop comparing yourself as well I think um and again it's human nature I've said that word so many times now I compare myself and I shouldn't but you you've got to try your hardest not to do that and to compare yourself with yourself so compare yourself with what I was like an hour ago what I was like a month ago what I was like a year ago what compare yourself to how far you've come and that's the comparison you should do rather than comparing it with somebody else because also we're all different types of dancers. Yes, we all essentially are doing the same thing, that we're all moving our bodies and making art with it and making work from it. But mm. it's we're all different products and all different people. So, you know, like what you do for a living is very different to what I do. However, we're like, say, you know, you're, you're teaching at Wilkes right now. I'm teaching in other schools. I'm teaching at Lip at the moment. Mm. Like, we're both doing the same job but what we do is actually really different and that's really special and that, and that should be embraced and it shouldn't be you know oh well in that class to do this so I think as a dancer they want to think the same as well you know if they're a, a dancer that's in maybe jazz class and they're really struggling that's fine just keep doing that and keep working on it because you and make it and, else. and be positive with that struggle yeah. you know be yeah. like you know okay I'm struggling that means I need to work harder I yeah. need to be better i need to push myself good job for sticking in there yeah. as opposed to going oh, i'm the crap one and there's no better feeling than actually achieving achieving is such an amazing feeling so you know and even if the achievement is that well today i managed to keep up because i yeah. usually really struggle that is an achievement so yeah. or today i felt fitter i didn't feel as tired at the end of the lesson or whatever it might be you've you've took another step along the journey and that's what you want to be doing. Yeah. Like I teach, um, I was teaching first years and I've had them well, since we've started now. So I think it's been four weeks, five mm. weeks, four weeks. Yeah. It's been open. I've probably had him like eight times. And last week was the first time where he got all the, he kind of took in all the choreography. <laughs> it was very far from perfect, but it was the nearest he got to resembling the right thing, you know, mm. and the happiness on his face. Yeah. And he came up to me and he was like, I'm getting it. It's get I'm it's sinking in. And just literally I was like, I need everyone to feel like that when yeah. there's some when there's a slight bit of positivity there, you know, like a slight win. Like and one it, little win in the bag. It's remembering those feelings. I know it's really hard that when when you have a bad day in a few weeks' time, it's hard to remember that feeling. But I 
that's why I always say, if, if you're someone that can't remember feelings, then just make a diary of it, whether it's writing down or whether it's even like just a video. You know, I think mm. social media is great for that. Maybe you have your own page that, you know, you treat it like a diary and you just, it's just maybe for yourself, not even for anyone else to see. And it's just reminding yourself of those good times. So when you have the bad times, you can look it up. It's like, I always try and say, you know, I think when you're auditioning, or even when you're training, you should have a group of friends that totally know you really well are not judgy at all. And they just want the best for you. And you go like, once a month and have a coffee with them, or even like, maybe mm. now you have to do it on Zoom or something, but you, you would meet up and you just talk about your month of how your auditions have been. It might be like, this month's been really rubbish. I've literally got nowhere. I, I feel like I can't dance anymore. I'm just, I've gone every step. I'm rubbish, blah, blah, blah. And you offload. And I think by offloading, you're with your friends that know you really well. They'll be like, that's not you at all. Like you're just being a bit negative right now. And, you know, remember when you did this or when you did that. And then you go, actually, yeah, yeah I, I can do this. And I think in, in, empowering each other as a friendship group is really essential to remembering your worth and remembering who you are and, um, hopefully that will um lead to success yeah because i guess when you're on a job as well if you get in a job where you have a, a circle where you can do that and you can lift each other you know it's such a a positive experience to be a part of and that's when i think you said earlier but the difference between like a nice cast and a bad cast yeah. is one that you feel like you will empower each other and yeah. all make each other better so if you can practice doing that with your friends then when you get in casts you're going to be better at doing it and I think also as well, you know, just this is a slight sideline. I think you can't beat yourself up as well because it sounds really awful, this, but the business has got so many avenues and sometimes it's finding where you totally fit as well. And that's not saying you're not talented at all, but there's, there's so much that you don't, don't realise how mm. big the industry is. Like the industry is small generally, but when you actually see all the avenues and the styles and the different jobs, like there's roles that I... I do now that I would never even known that was a job I could have done or that's something that's a, you know an avenue to go into and I think um you know we aren't we aren't all dancers that are perfect for the West End Broadway style show or we aren't all dancers that are perfect to dance behind you know whatever yeah. superstar we dance by that isn't isn't for everybody but there is so much other stuff and it doesn't mean you're any less worthy or any any worse a dancer it means that you know you're back to the start where I'm saying back to finding your jigsaw and finding what piece you fit into. And, and that's not, not a bad thing. It's just, it's just being who you are and, and you will. So don't yeah. beat yourself up. And I think like when I like left college and you go take every audition and then you, you should do that, you know, yeah. and then someone look back and go, why did I go to that audition? That's totally not me at all. Like that's completely a different style that I'm not even good at, but that's what you do. And then you start to find this is my niche. This is what I do. This is, you know, some people are great at everything and they work across every single genre and they're amazing for them. But like, God damn them. <laughs> I know. And there's those people, but yeah. other people, you know, I think you, you find your, you find your niche and you find your feet somewhere. No, definitely. Um, where can people get your book? Um, so it's available on Amazon. So um, if you just go onto, it's Amazon worldwide actually, so you can buy it in any country as or uh, a uh, paperback. Um, and it's if you just go onto Amazon and type in Graham Pickering or Fifty Tips, it just that Fifty Tips will come up first. Um, and yeah, and you can get it there. Um, it delivers really quickly, go straight from them. So or if you see me, I have copies on me all the time, but um, it's probably easier doing it through Amazon so um yeah and that's that's the book and I hope if you have read the book you've enjoyed it and if you haven't read it, read it and you want to get it I hope you find it helpful and um let me know what you think and hopefully it will it'll 
settle your minds and your brains and get the best out of you and as it says take you to audition success yeah do you see yourself writing another one um yeah at the moment i am writing one um it's not about auditions the next one though it's the same title it's 50 tips but it's about training so it's called training success and it's just about um finding your i think now there is so many colleges out there and they all do their own thing and you know every college has got their star in my opinion like this Mm -hmm. i don't think any college i've ever been to where there's someone that's not going to work in every single college there's, there's somebody that's doing really well there and you know might be loads of people doing well but every college has their their star and their own great piece that they do at whatever and I think it's really hard to choose your college particularly you know it's amazing there's always conventions and things but the other side of things is I think myself now if I was at that age when I was going to choose how do I choose when there's a million different amazing stands or a million different performances and then I go to the school they've all got amazing buildings now they've all got mm. they've all got loads of all these fancy faculties and I just think it's um really hard to know so this is the book is not at all saying you know this score's better this score's better but it's for me, like my 50 tip guide to how you would choose your training, but also then from that going on to it. So how do you choose your training in terms of what classes you should look at taking? And it, again, that's not me saying I like this person to go to that class. It's about how you choose your classes at base mm-hmm. or pineapple or wherever you go to. Um, and, you know, remembering what training is all about and how training is not all necessarily about um just how you move it's things about your attitude about all things that that is training too and that's what's yeah. going to get the best out of it so it's it's yeah it's all tips to get the best out of your training and uh hopefully set you up so basically it's a bit more like a, like a prequel that i'm yeah. doing yeah this one, no i so. think that's great i think it's definitely needed yeah it's the same it's the same branding same idea that's why i called it 50 tips originally because it is hopefully going to be a series it's just getting the time to sit down and I, and I don't want to rush anything I want to make sure it's the advice I would want to give and it's mm. you know the, the first book took me nearly two years to properly write like I'd, I'd started I'd done I'd done a lot but I wanted to change bits and I the style of how I wrote it changed quite a lot like I originally wrote it very much like um an encyclopedia like this yeah. is what you do for auditions and I realized actually people reading this are not going to find that engaging at all yeah you're not going to be helpful so I just tried to write it as if it was like this now me chatting and there's no there's nothing fancy about it. It's just, this is it. And like, I, um, I think that works. And, um, so yeah, so that's a little project I'm on at the moment, but, um, who knows when that'll be ready, but it'd be ready at some point. So. That sounds very exciting. You know, the, the, your book that you did now, 50 tips for auditioning, yeah. when did you have to have people, you know, proofread it, check it all? Like, yeah. was it more, cause I imagine it's a very difficult process to yeah. get it done. Yeah, I did. And, um, and yeah, and I just, it just took, it's not necessarily just writing down the paper what you want to say. I think it's making sure it's it's right for one, like right in terms of their grammar and everything like that as well. But also it's right as in it's the right message. We all know, like social media and stuff, people read a status and get all upset about something like it's been worded and it's wrongly. Not or, it's, yeah, yeah, or like a text message being sent. It's like that's so rude and it wasn't meant rude at all. Like they've all been through those situations in our, our lives. I think I wouldn't want my book to come across wrongly. Like I want people to get my point um that I'm trying to say rather than read the point from a different pair of glasses if that makes sense um and so that just took some time to make sure um it was how I wanted to be you know and like yeah and at the end of the day I say to myself it's it's opinion based you know and and theatre and art is opinion based so someone might have a slightly different opinion on on that like I talk about what I think you should wear to audition someone might have a different opinion but um 
it's just guidance. It's yeah. just, you know, what it is. So. Were you um were you nervous when you uh I guess released it of like having people I guess go, that's not right <laughs> or anything like that. Absolutely. And I think but I'm always that kind of person full stop. I'm always like, oh god, I really hope people don't don't think I'm a douchebag by saying that or whatever. And I think um but like I have to take my own advice. I just go, well, it's me and this is who I am. And it's and I, I would say I'm generally, you know, I I feel the, the opinion I'm saying is, is fine anyway. I don't think it's going to offend anybody. Um, yeah. So, but I think, yeah, you always have that. And I, but I think that's that's a good thing. I think a little bit of nerves is is good. Yeah. Like I say, like, in addition, nerves is good. Like you should have a little bit of that all the time because you want to push forward um, and do your best. And those nerves take you there. I think if you were super confident and never had any nerves, I don't think you're going to ever better yourself i think you're gonna maybe be good but just stay in where you are because you're not allowing yourself to go i've got to fight for this so um yeah, but yeah i was i was a little bit nervous about things but the, the feedback has generally been really good so that's uh i, I, that's I think it's great i i think it's a very brave bold move to be able to do that i feel like most people they have their opinions and they're very they'll keep it in their circle because <laughs> they're yeah. afraid of letting it go out i think it's great because it's going to help others and you know. I hope so. And like, yeah, like I say, a lot of people have written me lovely feedback and said how helpful it's been. And, um, and during this lockdown time, people had like, you know, been reading it and then messaging me about things. And like, I, I'm happy to answer questions if, if I can, you know, I can um, yeah. and elaborate more. It's, it's important to be a, as much of a community as possible and to help each other out. And hopefully it will take people on a, a good journey. So, yeah, brilliant. I'm going to go and order mine now. So I hope everyone goes and orders theirs. <laughs> I'm going to put it next to my toilet. I love it. Yeah. So every time you go to the loo. It's like... I will. No, I'm really interested. I'm definitely going to order it literally right now. And I'm going to give it a read and pass on the wisdom. And oh, the knowledge. thanks, Kate. Um, I'm very grateful for your time. Thank you no, so I'm much. I'm so for grateful on. to be on the podcast. I, I love this podcast. I always oh, like thank you. to listen. So um, I'm so pleased. I've, I'm well, an episode. When you come, when you said to me, can you dance? I listened to your podcast. So straight away, my reaction was, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, I loved it. But now you have so many episodes. Well, what number am I? What number is this? I think this will be 120. Oh my God. I'm, I'm a round number. I love it. Let me um, double check. Yeah. James Bennett was last as 119. So yeah, 120. Amazing. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you so much Dude, for thank letting you. me be part of it. And um, I hope people find it helpful. Um, I'm sure they will. And we'll chat again soon. Take care. Indeed. I hope to see you soon, buddy. All the best. Cheers, ma'am. Thank you for listening to the Ins and Outs podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver.